Welcome back to another episode of Drunk Bible Study, The Bonus. So here we are uh, doing bonus stuff. And I wanted to talk real quick about Balaam because I was super surprised. And I had actually like talked a little bit about him in a previous bonus episode. Um, but I was super surprised that he died in this one. And I was like, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute. Nah, like, I don't think that he's going to die <laughs> yet. But I guess he did. And I had a couple more things to learn about him. So let's get into it. Um, yeah. First of all, something that I didn't realize is that apparently Balaam came from a long line of celebrated diviners. So his family had made their living for several generations cursing or blessing people. So cursing or blessing. So well, they're apparently, in the cursing and blessing business. Correct. The wheeling and dealing. Yeah, this is from BibleTools.org, by the way. So it was their family trade. They passed it down, giving their sons names that went along with it. Names like Burning and Devourer. So, okay, their family oh. reputation had traveled throughout the entire region. So if anyone wanted someone cursed, they would send for a baru from Balaam's family, since they would be a what? A baru. B-A-R-U. B-A-R-U. baru? What is a baru? Um, apparently, it's someone who's the best in the world at cursing people. These, oh. yeah, right. these baru, regardless of the requester's religion or political stripe, would for a price perform their augu- auguries. It's like an uh, auguries. Say their like inc- spell casting. Yeah, say their incantations, make their sacrifices to some particular god, and then curse the other party in the name of that god. So this is what wow. King Balak of Moab was doing. He was sending for the most yeah. renowned cursor in the known world, Balaam, to come and curse Israel. Which, like, well, so I this was like a job. That, yeah, so like I didn't get this from just reading the Bible. So this is like good background information, faux show. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So, so it's like he sent for this guy not because he knew of Balaam specifically necessarily. Well, he was, but he was just like, I need the good cursor. Who's need the, the baru? Who's the good cursor? Who's guy? the best baru. cursor? Apparently. So yeah. So huh. Balak had heard about all the things that God had done for Israel. So he needed the very best to go up against the God who could part the Red Sea and rain mana from heaven every day for 38 years. This God could bring 10 plagues upon the people of Egypt and find water in the desert for 2.5 or 3 million people. So King Balak needing the very best was willing to give up just about all of his wealth to Balaam, who he felt could do the job of cursing Israel. Can I point out a funny thing? Yes. So that thing you just read talked about raining mana from heaven. Yeah, and I'm like, Okay. Yeah. Did, now, from what we remember from what we read, did the mana ever rain? Was it ever described as no, falling? No, it was never. I don't recall never, that. Right? You would collected it from the ground. It was like the dew. It showed up after the dew in the morning, yes. right? Okay. So, growing up, it was always described as like raining from huh. heaven. Oh. Or like even the expression mana from it's heaven like has this image now. of it like falling down. Mm. And to me, anytime I read a biblical article now either about job or about things like that where it talks about raining down from heaven i'm like instantly i'm like i'm not sure you've actually read this thing (laughs) or like really thought about it when you did you know yeah it's just it's like funny how like i never would have questioned it before i've been like yeah that's the story obviously but it's like now that we're reading it and also kind of being critical as we go. It's it's like not trying quite to, the story. 
yeah, that's not the story. And yeah. it's this like, hang on now. The fact that you said that makes me think that maybe you don't know the story. <laughs> well, I think you're absolutely right. So, okay, I wanted to dive deeper into like the reasoning why they would kill him. And I guess apparently still later on in the Bible, as far as into revelations, yes. they're going to friggin' talk about Balaam. So, yeah, so I, I read that in my and, research too. Yeah. Like, wait, what were. Basically, okay, well, yeah, what I ran into my research is that the reason why Balaam was killed is because apparently, even though he, like, was going to curse the Israelites, but then couldn't, ended up blessing them, he, the story, which Uh was not written down in Numbers, (laughs) exactly, apparently referenced in Revelations instead, so hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years later, right? uh, you know, Sam Yahoo... (laughs) <laughs> makes this assumption that no what happened is Balaam went back and then was like oh Balak this is how you'll actually defeat the Israelites is if you send your women to go seduce them see yeah exactly oh. that that he was the one who was like the cause for the sexual problems not problems that sounds wrong but like the the, the plague that happened after there was the spearing through the genitals and oh, yeah right? well the spear through the genitals ended the plague yes so sure. he was, but he was responsible. <laughs> he was responsible for like essentially putting into the minds of the people that like you should do this thing in order to get at the Israelites. I believe supposedly, yeah, according to a yeah. book that's written many, Way, many years later. Yeah, like the end of the story. So okay, can I just like say two thing, two more things? So there's a section in simplybible.com about what Balaam did right and then what Balaam did wrong. So okay, what he did right was that he refused to make any pronouncement other than what God says. Even though the king right. pressed Balaam for another message, Balaam would give him none but God's. The king wanted a curse upon the Israelites, but Balaam gave them a blessing. So, like, over and over, the leaders of Moab asked Balaam to have another go at divining the message they wanted, and each time the Lord gave Balaam a stronger version of the truth and told him to pronounce a blessing instead of a curse. So Balaam repeated the blessing, faithfully defying the king. His attitude was, I must be careful to speak what the Lord puts in my mouth. Numbers 23, 12. Something along those lines. Yeah. However... What he did wrong, he was apparently an unfaithful prophet, which, like, I never got from the story, but, like, okay, whatever you say, Bible, simplybible.com. So, (laughs) Balaam, by the powers granted him by God, had the opportunity to demonstrate the power of of the true God against the deception of false gods and idols. So, when Balaam pronounced a blessing or a curse, it worked. Balak said as much when he summoned Balaam to curse the Israelites. And then, yeah, wait, this says Balaam was in Numbers 31, 8, 16. And I'm like, are you sure? This says Balaam was too easily led away from God's truth into error. And he led, he in turn led many others astray. Well, but based but that's on not what? there in the story. That's not I know. The story. It, says it was his counsel that caused the children of Israel to sin and to suffer a terrible plague. But and I'm but like, who? And then there's a bunch of other stuff off of, that of we're Revelation. Not off of what we learn in Revelation. Well, and apparently in Peter two fifteen, which is again not even close also, to where we are currently, that he loved yeah. money more than the truth. Spoiler alert! But we won't remember in like seven years when we read that. <laughs> So, and then, yeah, it also says that he presumed to manipulate God. 
So it says, sure, Balaam uttered a blessing instead of a curse, but only because God gave him no option. What would be the point in Balaam pronouncing a curse if God was going to give a blessing? Balaam would look stupid and damage his reputation. However, Balaam kept going along with Balak's repeated attempts to get a curse from God upon the Israelites because, like Balak, he hoped that maybe somehow God could be pressured into doing a backflip. But I, That's funny because I read that totally different. To me, it's I more agree. like, he all was right. like, look, I can't do anything about it, man. Like, this is God we're talking about here. And then the king's like, no, no, but really. And he's like, all right, if you want to give me more stuff to sacrifice and more money, I'll try again. But like, yeah, the deal. But and he's like, as a businessman, he's like, sure, man, if you want to keep so, paying me but for that's this. Why God's idea- angry. That's why God's okay, angry. Okay, so yeah, apparently. so is the idea that like Balaam was kind of playing both sides of the fence? <laughs> I see. Is that well, yes. why? I guess that's why God got pissed off which of course like you know any little thing is going to piss off god but he said god however refused to listen and he was angry with balaam for not rejecting balak's proposal outright from the very first that just seems like a lot of speculation on the part of whoever's writing this i think it was but they have to give like some reason for yeah they said that he was judged worthy of death with the donkey and i'm like well okay what I know it's stupid. meaning the fact that the angel said that he was going to kill him. Right. Yeah, I get. I mean, but for his donkey, Balaam would have been killed by the angel of the Lord. And God provided a savior for Balaam. Balaam's donkey was Balaam's suffering savior. God was long suffering to Balaam. God was showing patience with Balaam's pandering to Balak's three attempts to change God's word by changing mountaintops. And then apparently God punished Balaam's hearers with death. God killed those who heeded Balaam's wicked counsel, which is super random. And I'm like, we no. can't yeah. just freaking admit the Israelites had no idea who Balaam was. And, and he just happened to, get killed. He happened to be in the wrong be place at the wrong time. They killed him. Maybe realized after the fact, like, oh, maybe this was one of our guys. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they read some like scrolls left behind and were like, oh, like, oh this guy was, was cool. Into Yahweh. Like can't just can't admit a freaking mistake. So oh, anyways, geez. yeah, I learned a lot, but I also didn't learn much because I don't think that any of that was written. I think it was, as you said, all speculative. So yeah. here we are. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. Boy. Yeah. What, what do you got for us? Well, I want to talk about these virgin women who seem to be a real problem. <laughs> Well, the virgin ones are all right. Well, okay, I mean... (laughs) Unless you mean an ethical problem, then yes. An ethical problem and kind of a meta sense, because what I learned from Googling specifically this verse, Numbers 31, 17, and and 18, is that this is a really common verse that atheists whip out in debate of... Because think about it, it's a very dense couple verses of God's like, you got to kill all these people, keep these virgin women to be sex slaves. I mean, Moses said it, but yeah. Well, but yeah, you get what I mean. Supposedly speaking for Yahweh. God said it apparently through Moses. I'm assuming. But it's a pretty dense verse to whip out as far as like, how do you square this? How do you justify that this is in the Bible? (laughs) That makes sense. I mean, yeah. I actually found like a Catholic forum post that was like a thread that was literally basically like, all right, you guys, what are we going to do about this verse? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, really? That's amazing. Yes, really. Do we release a new Bible and we just strike this one? Like what? Like what do we say here? Like how do we make this for us? How do we, how do we talk about this? Um, and so this is kind of a a recurring theme across many, 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 many different outlets and blogs and forums and stuff like that of people being like, how do we justify this verse? What do we say to people who whip this thing out? Um, and such a colorful cornucopia of okay. justifications. Uh-huh. I mean, ranging from 
things that I think are quite reasonable, things on the spectrum of like, yeah, that was kind of like what everybody did back then. And it sucks. It's another evidence of like the ancient Israelites also being a sinful people and having to suffer consequences okay. for that, yeah. you know, but it's like, yeah, that that sucks, which I think is a pretty reasonable take to take on it. Okay. Versus pretty much every possible flavor you can think of justifying it and saying yeah. that it's okay. Um, everything from... There's an interesting theory that they think that part of the plague that was caused by the Midianite women sleeping with the Israelites was actually a massive STI plague. Oh, okay. What? And okay. they Gosh. make this justification of like, well, if you kill everyone and you kill all the women who are sexually active, then... Then what? Then you well, you stop the spread of the, then you're an ancient people and you don't I, know how just, SDIs work, and so that's gosh. how you fix it. Um, that's I uh, think that's a stretch right there. Yeah, I really, uh, I there, really do. Okay, there are, there are other things, but it's one though that like 100% anyone who was raised in the kind of like sex is you're bad right. and you will die yeah, mentality right. is like, oh, yeah, Totes. obvious. Okay, uh-huh. now it's okay, uh-huh. killing them all is fine, killing all of these girls and women is fine, yeah. There's another justification of like, no, 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 not sex slaves, not sex slaves. No, 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 no. Israelites don't do that. Not sex slaves. They would have just been normal slaves. I read that too, actually. I was looking up something um, entirely different, but it mentioned that. They would have done like weaving and and stuff. Yeah, sure. Okay. Just some weaving weaving slaves. Yeah, come on. Like, come come on. Well, no, no, no. Okay, the funny, the argument that was made was like, think about it. There's all these rules for Israelite women that like when they're given birth or when they're on their periods, they regularly out of commission. So you need some slaves to come in. To fill in the gap. Wow. Take over all the cooking and the cleaning and the weaving. Um, Wow. uh, Which I guess, I don't know. Um, There's another. So I guess we will get to this more in Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy, there's more specific laws about how you are supposed to treat women that you've captured. um, And how you are supposed to treat women that you've captured that that you also want to marry. which the, that whole which, chestnut, well, you know, suggests, it's very specific here. Suggests yeah. that maybe it was not the worst. That, mm-hmm. as we'll get to in Deuteronomy, that like maybe the, that uh, supposedly the laws were. And again, we don't know if these laws were in place at this time or if this came at a later time. Um, but this idea that like if you do have a slave from another tribe that you want to marry, it's like you need to give her a month to mourn. And mm. you need to do all these things for her and you need to like marry her and not rape her and stuff like that. So maybe those laws How are in nice. place now. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, uh, other people were saying like, yeah, they probably, you know, these women would have been married off into the Israelites. But once they matured, not at the age of being tender young girls, obviously, once they matured, uh, they would have married. And then other again, people. I'm not, I'm not holding my breath. Then there actually. was well, then there was another post from someone who totally missed the point. Um, who was basically just like, the question was about like, how do we square this verse? Right. And this person was like, it's totally okay for them to marry children. <laughs> um, wow. Like, what? Like, look at all this evidence. There's, you know, Mary was 14. And then Rebecca, right. Isaac's wife, was only 10 when she was married off. And this person also put in Mary some kind of creepy 14? stuff about... Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, this <laughs> person also put in some kind of creepy stuff about like... We don't observe that today, um, but I don't know. I'm well, pretty sure this person so is a pedophile. But um, wow, yeah. So uh, just as you can expect with a lot of things, there's a lot of scrambling to figure out how do we square this. Um, Something that that kind of that that brought up for me, and I think this is so hard because 
I guess it's at least in my trying to look stuff up, it's difficult to find a solid, like reliable context of like what was going on in this part of the world mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. it's like, it's possible. It's entirely possible that Yahweh and the Israelites, the, the fact that there's every now and then a little verse about like having to treat the foreigner in your lands equally to mm-hmm. every now and then, although there's mm-hmm. also a lot of enslaving other people. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's very possible that relative to what was going on, that was super progressive. Yes. And it was actually like, if you were going to be a slave anywhere, <laughs> this is the place to be a slave. It's, right? quite, pos- yes, it's, it's possible. quite possible. Or yes. it's possible they were the worst. Yeah. And they were so much worse than Egypt was and worse than the Canaanites. And we just don't know. Yeah. It yeah. is hard to do that comparative analysis. And it's hard. It's especially hard because this isn't a history book. It's mm-hmm. a religion book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the it's articles super about biased. it. Yeah, the articles about it have to either justify it or vilify it. It's hard to find someone Mm -hmm. who's just like, let's try to understand the history here. Well, I'm sure if we were better at Googling, maybe we could find someone's like thesis paper on that. I just wish that there there was more, I suppose, contemporary Christian thought that could just be like, yeah, it was a strictly patriarchal society. And so that's what happens is you value the virgin women as a commodity and you kill everyone else who are your enemies. Like, that's what happens. And that sucks. It's good we don't do that now, at least in our culture, you know. But I appreciate yeah. I just that wish you there said was, it like that. Yeah. I just wish that there was more of that. Yeah. It, it it reminds me a little bit of like I guess something that's kind of interesting about evangelical Christianity, at least. Like the the people like the defending inerrancy type mm. people, right? Who are like the Bible is it. There's been no more word from God since then. We've gotta figure out how to square this. That compared to a lot of other religions, like uh, like Catholicism even, where it's like, there's still a person who today can go, hey, you know what? Actually, God now thinks this. Right. <laughs> right? I mean, the Software Pope. update. <laughs> <laughs> meaning, meaning the Pope. Yeah. Or, um, or uh, you know, Mormonism, where it's like, there is a head of that church who That's still true. gets updates. Yeah, where really? they can be like, you know, because they officially you know, what was in the nineties or maybe the late two thousands were officially like, no, 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 we're not into that polygamy thing anymore. You does, know, like officially. Does God like download it into their brains and then they <laughs> I, tell everyone? I don't know how God communicates to them. I'm, I'm not an expert on Mormonism, so okay. I don't know. However, as, as much as I, I still think there are some issues that come up with a lot of religions just in general, Mormons included. I do think it's interesting though, that there's at least a mechanism for it changing Mm. as people realize like, Hey, actually black people could go to heaven too. Let's update that. And they did. And that changed, right? Mm. Like that was actually a part of their religion that then changed or like, thank um, goodness. I read the uh, the Dianetics book, which mm. is like the first book that led to Scientology later on. And there was a part about it talking about like homosexuality coming from engrams, like that those meant there was like problematic parts of your brain that needed to be fixed. And I brought this up to a Scientology person in, in LA when I walked in and they were talking to me about Scientology. I was like, hey, so What's I read this, this thing that, that troubled me. And their answer was like, huh, I I don't remember that. And I've also read that book. I think maybe that's been taken out of more recent versions. Hmm. And it's like, in a way, I'm like, well, 
Yeah, so kind of like when I was joking about them being like, what if we just strike this verse? <laughs> what if we just But you actually this? mean that. Yeah. Uh, what if? What if? I don't know. It's just interesting. It's a different way to do a religion than one where you kind of focus on this, like, this has to be it. Yeah, yeah well, I guess it, it brings up this question of, like, you feel the pressure to square it at all. Because right. you put that pressure on you it. You can't just be like, yeah, yeah, that sucked. Uh, yeah, we can't just be like, yeah, yeah, that sucked. And we don't really use that as an example to dictate our daily lives now in 2019. But no, you feel like you have to you have to prove that it's inerrant and it's good and it's right. That it's good. I think that's it. It's like uh-huh. that you have to somehow make it good. Mm-hmm. It can't it's just unfortunate, be... unfortunate, though. Can't we just say, like, those were the times, they were wrong, we've upgraded since then, let's do this now. You know? Right, yeah. Things yeah. are different now. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's weird. It is weird. I mean, there yeah. is some of that in some of these evangelical blogs where they do often, sometimes a really common, I think, justification or common response is to come around and be like, yeah, but Jesus came along and now we don't have to worry about these kind of things. Like the Jesus was kind of the shaking the etch a sketch, which sometimes makes sense. Sometimes I think is a cop out answer. But but it's also know. this just like, hey, let's just throw all the Jews under the bus. That's true. And say like, that's true. We're okay. We'll still use stuff from this when we want to. We'll yeah. still appropriate <laughs> from you when it yeah. works for us. When it works for us. Yeah. It, it is it is rough. It, mm-hmm. it but it's yeah. Um so Jace, what did you find? <laughs> so I tried to look up stuff about those numbers, about the numbers of, of people of numbers. And stuff like that. The numbers of numbers. And there's lots of stuff we found before on like the, the census numbers and like are these accurate? Is there maybe a different way to interpret it? But as far as these other numbers of like the cattle and also the slaves, there's not. Uh, there's oh, no one else's. No one's talking about it. Hmm, really? Um, what's interesting though is that something I realized kind of looking into it, just from what we read, is the whole thing about like, well, one five hundredth of the ones for the soldiers are going to go to to burnt offerings or to Yahweh, and one fiftieth. When you look at those numbers, uh, like they they work out, like there was sixteen thousand people, um, sixteen thousand people who went to the soldiers, and of those thirty two, went to Yahweh, and it's like yeah, that's one five hundredth of huh. sixteen thousand. Yeah, so it's like it's like many levels of these numbers would have to be wrong in order for all of this to be wrong. So I don't know. That's I, I didn't find anything. I didn't find anything great. So That's maybe they like, were, really were managing like a football stadium full of virgin maybe. women. Maybe they Goodness, were. Yeah. That's a lot, though. But can, but if it, also on some of these, this meant that after they'd killed all of the fighting men, that and then they brought everyone back, that that there were still so there were thirty two thousand left after they killed them. Killed a bunch. Meaning they yeah. killed something I know, like that's what I was just going to say. That they killed even more people. Boys and women. Where would you wow. put those bodies? That's a it's, great yeah, question. That's they a, just like a had a humongous bonfire afterwards. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, wow. okay. So then in looking into this, that that they killed this just massive number of, of boys and women. Um, on top of that... Something that I had forgotten entirely is that Moses's wife is a Midianite. Yeah, that sucks. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Ooh. So Moses, remember when Moses left uh, Egypt... 
before he came back and saved everyone when he was out there. And there's that scene in the Ten Commandments where all the women are like swooning over him. Mm-hmm. Oh. He was in Midian. That was in Midian. Mm-hmm. And he ends up marrying uh, Zipporah, who is his wife, who's from Midian. She's a Midianite woman. I think she's still alive at this point. I don't know. It's never been mentioned that she died. It is really died. awkward, though. That, isn't that yeah, weird? Yeah, it's uh-huh. super awkward. I is mean, there's like, a lot of... it. Well, see, it, Moses, like, does he have no... He never, like, questions. Well, he did used to, but now I guess at this point he's like, well, God told me I'm going to die soon, so whatever. I don't care. I'll just do these last things for him. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, another article I found also mentioned um, the fact that after they kill all of these boys and non-virgin women that Moses orders them to stay outside and like cleanse themselves for seven days. And the fact that, that in all their other battles, that's never been a thing they've had to do kind of saying like this, this person at least is saying like, I think Moses knew he was doing something shitty. Awkward. Like he knew that this was a bad thing he was doing, that he was just slaughtering these people and this wasn't justified. And so therefore you had to stay outside the city. That's really sad. After doing it. It's awful. Yeah. Um, Yikes. Anyway, the fact that his wife was a Midianite, though, mm-hmm. I was like, I'd completely forgotten. Yeah, because the names of all these of places from really together. Awkward. Uh-huh. Jeez. Yeah. Well, well. Okay, so what have we learned? In conclusion, all of that together, just <sighs> times are very different. Yeah. We don't necessarily need to put pressure on ourselves to make it good. Because it's not right. necessarily good. You yeah. know, all this like warfare and torture and rape and pillage, like not really objectively good things for human beings and i think that's okay but this is a time probably with a very different morality and very different things motivating a people to survive yeah Yeah. and it's fascinating to see where we've come from in a lot of ways like to see kind of like how our society like what we've taken from all that and like see how we live now and you know where we how much we still have to learn and get better at i think as well and again a a lot of it comes from this yeah, yeah. I'll do another callback to the book Ishmael, where he kind of makes the argument in that book, kind of like JC were saying that it's like, it's hard to have a basis of comparison of like, is this really ter- terrible? Or is this way better than what other people doing mm-hmm. in Ishmael, the author, he lands more on the side of like, this ain't normal. <laughs> you huh. know, this is like a weird anomaly that this became the dominant culture and the dominant practice that yeah. took over and has now influenced even our culture today. Um, totally. mm. He makes his argument like, this ain't normal. This is weird. Um, whether or not he's enough of an expert to make that call, I don't know. But yeah. that's just another way that you could look at it. Fascinating mm. to think about. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, we all learned a lot. <laughs> and As always. Yeah. They, uh, they let kids read this book. Uh, yeah. They <laughs> encourage it, actually, uh-huh. from what I've heard. That's... Unsupervised. Yeah, it's really interesting. I I can't imagine being a young theologian and you know <laughs> reading this cover to cover because you want to impress mom and dad and God maybe, and you know is and coming across things like this and being like, hey, I have a question. Yeah, you know, yeah. or maybe y'all just didn't. Maybe y'all just didn't read it cover to cover because. 
definitely you, didn't. You didn't have That's to. That's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. I guess you're right. You wouldn't read this a second time, but no, probably anyways, not. we're excited to uh, get back into De- or Deuteronomy. Not there yet. No, get back into numbers uh, next week. And wow, we're only we're only two two episodes left, so we can't wait to share both of them with you. I'm sure Moses is going to get up to some more shenanigans and the people of Israel. So we'll see you then.